listening to another life-inspiring message brought to you by Central Assembly of God. For more information, you can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram using at Enid Central. We are blessed to be here with you this morning, and so thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to come and to share with you, and we just pray that God richly blesses you for um, all that you do for missionaries. We are the Snow family, and we have been missionaries for um, over 13 years now, and we started out in the Philippines, and then we've transitioned to um, Chile in uh, South America. And this is our family, and my girls have grown up over the years. Um, used to, they were all three with me, and I miss those days because they were the little stair steps, and they would get up, and they would, they were much more entertaining than us. They would sing you a song and quote you some scriptures, but those days are sadly gone. And our oldest daughter is there on your left, and that is Kylie. She is 21 years old, and she is currently at SAGU in Waxahachie, Texas, uh, studying to be a teacher. And the Lord has uh, blessed her so much. Uh, it's been a, a huge transition for us whenever we came back to the States and left her here and went back to Chile. That was one of the most difficult things that I've ever done in my life. But I am here to assure you that uh, no matter how much we think that we are able to take care of our kids and, and meet their needs, the Lord does such a, a, a better, he does a, a much better job than we do. And uh, I assure you that the Lord has just taken care of her, he's provided for her, and I am so thankful that the Lord looks after our children. And then when we came back to the States last year, our second daughter, who is the, the one in the middle, of the picture, Carly, uh, we took her off to college, and she's over at uh, John Brown University in Salem Springs, Arkansas, studying to be a nurse, and also majoring in uh, Spanish, because unlike the rest of us, she happens to be the one who uh, God gifted with all these linguistic abilities, and Spanish is like her relaxing course because she doesn't really have to do much for it. <laughs> it just comes natural to her. But she's studying to be a nurse, and she has a, a big calling on her heart for China. So pray for her that the Lord will uh, lead her and guide her and also continue to just provide for her. And then our youngest daughter, Caitly, is the girl there in the uh, white pants and the pink top with the glasses, and she is a senior in high school this year, and uh, she she still travels with us, but today she's not with us. Um, she is actually actually with uh, my grandma, and so she is with her today. So uh, she is just such a joy, though. She um, is homeschooling, and she's helped me do so many things this last year. She's the daughter that, like, you know, cooks for you and bakes, and so she's made my life easy in so many ways, and I, I hate to see her graduate and go off to college. So just pray for us as our family is going through all of these changes and all of these transitions because we are looking at an empty nest really, really, really soon, and I'm not ready for that. <laughs> um, 
we will be going back, Lord willing, next year to Chile. And Kately will just have a short time with us before we bring her back in June when she graduates. Pray for her as she is making uh, decisions on where to go to college because just like the Lord has guided and directed each of my other two girls, I know that he will guide her as well. And we ask that you pray for the country of Chile at this time because Chile uh, just had an election last week. They have been um, in a lot of turmoil for more than a year. The country has a lot of political inequalities. Um, they have... Um, there's just a lot of discrepancies in the government. And so they started doing a lot of rioting last year in October. And then when COVID happened, it kind of put the rioting to a stop. And then they've all been having to be quarantined with the rioting, a much stricter quarantine than what we've had here in the States because if they left their house without their mask on, then they could be um, arrested or even fined. And then they were only allowed to leave their home twice a week to go out and do your essentials like shopping and doctor visits and things like that. And they had to go online, print out the permission form, and when they were at the grocery store or wherever they were at, they would need to present that showing that it was their time to be out and they could be out for so many hours. And so we need to pray that um, the Lord will just help them as they're continuing to open up a lot more slowly than what we are here. <laughs> um, they actually haven't even been doing any church meetings and stuff yet either there. So pray for them. They, uh, so they, they had all this rioting, then they had COVID, and then they had an election last week on whether or not they wanted to rewrite their constitution. And, of course, it passed. So Chile, is who has been viewed as one of the uh, leaders in Latin America as far as like their financial status and their stability in their country, is now facing a time of uncertainty because they will be electing officials who will be the ones to rewrite the Constitution, and they will elect or they will vote on those officials in April of next year, and then the following year they'll have another election on accepting the new Constitution. So there is a lot of uncertainty that this country is facing, and I feel like that we will be going back to a much different Chile. And there's a lot of uncertainties. There's a lot of just, we don't know. So just pray for the people. Pray for the country that the Lord will, uh, we don't know, we don't want them to become like Venezuela and some of the other countries. But uh, we also know that we want God to change their hearts and bring them back to him because they are a very hard a spiritually hard country to reach. They're very prideful people. They uh, often, when we've been asked, you know, well, what are you doing in Chile? And we say, well, we're missionaries. And they're like, well, why are you here instead of, and then they will name a country that they feel is much inferior to what they are. And they don't feel like they need missionaries. They feel like they're okay. And they have a very agnostic belief, not even believing in God. And so just pray for them that the Lord will just soften their hearts and open them up to the gospel and that he will cause a great revival to, to sweep across this land. So anyway, thank you guys so much for having us and I'll let my husband come and share.
We are the Snow family working in Santiago, Chile. Santiago, Chile is a population of 7 million people with 20% under the age of 15. This is why we're here building a new children's ministry center. This children's ministry center will not only serve as a church, we are building a school to serve the needs of the children of this community. Hi, my name is Gillian and I'm a member of this church and also a volunteer here. Once the ministry center is complete, I'm looking forward to work with the deaf kids from this community. I'm so grateful for this ministry center because they teach kids about Jesus and the Bible. Hola, mi nombre es Daniel Rojas. Eh, yo soy pastor acá en el Centro de Ministerios MAI. Bueno, este ministerio, el Centro de Ministerios MAI, es un sueño para nosotros porque Dios nos llamó a este lugar, a la comuna de Maipú, para alcanzar no solamente a los niños, sino también a su familia. Y la construcción de este, de este lugar ha sido un desafío por muchos años, pero también hemos visto la mano del Señor actuando en todo sentido. Muchas gracias por, por todo su apoyo, sus oraciones, su ayuda económica, los equipos que, que confiamos en el Señor que van a venir y de todo corazón, muchas gracias y que el Señor les bendiga. It's been so exciting to see the progression that has been made on this uh, Children's Ministry Center since we've been here in Santiago, Chile, and to actually be able to use uh, the building for what God has intended for us to use it for. And we are looking forward to the completion of the school and seeing it full of children and reaching their families for Jesus Christ. We want to thank you so much for your part in this ministry. None of this is possible without your prayer and without your support. Um, if you are interested in giving to our ministry uh, financially, uh, you can go to give.agwm.org and enter our account number, which is 272081. And thank you. We cannot do this without your prayers. That's just a little glimpse of what has been happening with us in our life in the last four years while we were there in Chile. And uh, so there's a, this is a big project. And uh, first of all, I want to thank you, Pastor. Thank you, uh, Church, for allowing us to come to share. But also thank you for you have been a part in giving to BGMC and for help fund uh, some stuff uh, that we'll be purchasing when we get back for the kitchen, cabinets, uh, work areas, tables, chairs for the kids once the ministry center is open. And so we want to thank you for your sacrificial giving in that area. It means so much to where that money is there and we don't have to worry about raising it and raising extra. And so uh, this is what you've seen was the first of three phases. If we go to the first slide uh, there, if you would, that is what the building looked like back in October 2015 when we stood uh, foot on the property. And in, uh, I, we came home for a furlough in July of last year. And uh, I had special permission and went back with the team in October. And that's what it looked like there. That is three stories. Uh, we can take a look on the inside and go to the next picture. The first floor is the locker room and bathrooms. And uh, this is where a majority of the work is still needing to be done, but there's a lot of work to be done before we finish it as well. And uh, so all the walls are up. We got to still put the plumbing and uh, lavatories and sheetrock and all that kind of stuff in. 
electrical work. Go to the next slide. This is the kitchen and cafeteria area. And so a lot has been accomplished there. Uh, all the window, that window is in. It is, we are being, we are setting up temporary uh, tables and stuff when teams come to uh, feed and everything, to feed them and to help. And uh, then the next slide is the multi-purpose room. Uh, we cannot necessarily call it a sanctuary because this is a children's ministry uh, center. And so this is on the left-hand side is when we had our first service there and in 2017. And then on the right-hand side, that's part of the work that I do is some concrete uh, work. I'm not a professional at it, just doing what uh, the pastor, the national pastor that spoke on the uh, video, and then the missionary that we are partnered with to complete this project that came to me and said, Stephen, you had the background in construction. We do have full-time workers here, Chilean workers that work, but they don't know how to finish concrete, so you are elected as the person to do the finishing of it. So this is where, you know, the American mindset versus the Chilean mindset of how to do things comes to an effect, and so you just learn to be flexible and to do it the way they want to do it, and uh, so there I was uh, leveling out the floor because they just pour a rough floor at first and then they had plans on putting tile or something other on top. But then whenever we was having services in there, chairs wasn't sitting on there properly and everything else. So we need to level it out. So this is around a 45 foot by 45 foot uh, area. And once you pulled a line across, the, I was pouring six to eight inches in some spots, and I was scraping the floor on other spots. And so uh, there's a lot of very uneven there, and so we've, I was just pouring a little bit at a time. I poured about a third of it by myself, along with the workers. They would mix up the concrete, and I would do the finishing and everything. And then a team came and helped me finish it up, which was what it took me a third of the building to do. Took me about two weeks to do that. We did the other two thirds in like three days. A team makes a lot of difference. And so we're about 90% completed with this first phase. Uh, go to the next slide. Uh, this is the beginning of a second phase. When I went back to, with the team in October and uh, this we tore down a building that we were meeting in. And this is where a three-story school building will be uh, going for 450 elementary children. And so the groundwork, the footing is, was starting to be uh, dug and poured until COVID came. And then they shut down everything and they have not been able to go back on site until maybe like last week to start uh, working some and everything on it. And so a lot of work to still be done there. And we have an elevator to put in and uh, lots of things. So, And then the third phase, there's a third phase after this is completed, and that is a 20-car parking garage with a soccer field on top of it. And so uh, how that happens is that there we own, for, it's a very narrow piece of property, but we own from street level, from street to street. And so the levels of the streets are about 40 feet different. So the locker rooms and bathrooms and the kitchen cafeteria is built back into the hillside. And then uh, 
you go out of the locker rooms, you'll be walking onto the soccer field, but below the soccer field will be the parking garage, which will be level with the other street. And so uh, it's rather just the way things you have to build. And uh, this ministry's been going on for 25 plus years with the other missionaries that are getting older in year, up in the years and uh, has had a heart for children's ministry. Our heart is for children's ministry and to do uh, what God wants us to do. And for, at this moment and chapter in our life is to help build and to get uh, things ready to have the children to come in. But they bought this piece of property back in 2006, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, before the end, they just started out in the little house, and then it just grew. And uh, so they were starting to have to rent other pieces of property and everything. And so they were wanting a permanent place to settle down. And they were busing in 350 to 400 kids in the community, uh, teaching them the word of God. Now, in Chile, the, the kids, they know nothing about the Word of God. The sad thing is the adults don't either. They don't know your Bible stories. They don't know Daniel and the Lion's Den. They don't know Noah's Ark. They don't know seven days of creation. They're, they're illiterate when it comes to the Bible because they're not being taught. And so that's what this place is going to be for. And due to construction, we're not able to have children's events and stuff. So it is very vital that we get this uh, building built so we can open it up to start having events again. And uh, so they found this piece of property, came across, uh, called the owner of the property, set up a time of appointment. The owner's a non-believer, does not even believe there's a God and everything. And uh, he asked him, says, what do you want to do with this piece of property? They said, we want to be a children's ministry center to build a school and to minister to the kids in this community. He says, well, I already have a buyer, truthfully, and uh, this piece of property is $370,000 U.S. dollars. And uh, he says, we're about to sign the contract. He says, but give me what, all the details, what your plans are. And they told him everything, what their plans, building the school, reaching the children, he says, I, I love what you're saying, and because the other guy that I'm about to sell to is wanting to make it a man's club. And so he goes, I'll tell you what, it says, how much money can you put down? They said, nothing. You think that's pretty well still the deal that uh, we're not getting it. Uh, but after a few more words and everything, he says, I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and start renting it to you today for $500 a month. For the next six months. That's a miracle in and of itself because this piece of property would probably rent for $1,500 to $2,000 a month if you rented it. He goes, and uh, you can have it for the next six months. So can you have the money in six months? They said, we will have it. He says, okay. He said, I'll tell you what. I'll, towards the end of the conversation, he's about to walk out of the building. He says, I'll let you have it for half price if you come up with the money. And he says, we'll see what your God can do. So you put God to the challenge, he always comes through. Because he's not bankrupt, he's not short of funds, and his, he always has money come in. And so all that you've seen is completely paid for. 
once the property is built, it'll be completely paid for. And so uh, that is a miracle in and of itself. But uh, it's been a challenge. There's been earthquakes. They've had a 9.5 earthquake there. They laugh at whenever we think a 5.0 here is an earthquake. That's not an earthquake. It's got to be at least a 7 before they consider it an earthquake. And so there's a lot of building uh, things that was put on hold because they had redraw the plans and everything for a couple of years. And so, so, wow, 14 years, it's been a long time. It should be built. Yes, I agree. But if you see all the circumstances we had to face, lack of funds, COVID, earthquakes, and the list goes on, then uh, it's, it's been a challenge. And so... We go to the next slide. Here's just some prayer and financial needs for us, uh, for us to get back to the field. My wife may mention of us going back next year. Our plans are to be back, to be out of the states by the end of January, but we are needing new monthly commitments uh, before then, and then cash offerings uh, for the cash. It, we can never raise too much cash because you never know if the support does not come in. That helps us while we're on the field uh, to make up the difference. Because if we go in the red, then if the, all the monthly support does not come in, then that means our work budget is cut. We don't get work funds to help with the project or for transportation and everything. Or then if we go too far, then it just stuff starts coming out of personal pocket and you're like, uh, do I feed my family or do I do ministry? Those are some hard choices. We've been there, and uh, just through prayer, God has provided, and he's always been faithful, but believing that the next four years that we will go fully funded and that God will provide in that way. And then if you just want to give to the construction project, we're raising that besides for the BGMC that you have given to. If you want to give to uh, where have full-time workers, as I said, uh, working on the building, so we have to pay them a salary and provide materials for them. And better than that, I see some guys and some ladies that would probably like to come to Chile and have some hands-on experience. So we are looking for some construction teams uh, to come and to help us. It is closed right now to tourists. We are able to go back only because we have permanent or permanent residency. So that's the only reason. Other than that, we would not be able to go back in January, the first part of the year, but because we have permanent residency, we are able to go back and to be back in Chile. And so I know it's challenging times for all churches and missionaries. Some missionaries are not able to go back because they don't have that permanent residency in their country or because their country is close to them coming. Uh, but right now, uh, Chile is open for permanent residencies. We can go back and we can do the work. And so that's not a problem with us getting back. The problem is just raise our, not a problem, but what we need to do is raise our commitments in our cash budget. And so if you would like to come on our team, uh, once they are open back up to tourists, I just tell people, start saving money, and then whenever the money is saved, you got it all ready, I can, I can call pastor, I can call you, everybody who's in charge, and said, we have the green light. When are you coming? And set the date, and so that way it's all ready and we can have you come. And so that's just a little update. Let me just share for just a little bit about life on mission. We go to the next slide there. Life on mission is actually the title of a book. 
And it's a very, like a study guide about doing missions for the kingdom of Christ. What is life on mission? I grew up in the Assemblies of God. I grew up in church all my life. And whenever I heard the word missionary, my mind usually went to someone that went overseas as a foreign missionary. But that's not a missionary. You are a missionary. You have a purpose. There's life on mission for the kingdom of God. We go to the first slide, the next slide there. It's a quote from the book. It says, this is a question I believe we all have to answer to realize that we have a, a mission for the kingdom of God. It says, do you believe God is calling you to be on mission with him? Do you believe that God has a call on your life to do something for him? Being a Christian, our answer should be yes to this because once you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, God has called you to be a witness. You have a call to be on mission for him. What is that mission? Well, first and foremost, it is to reach the lost. But how are you going to do that? Because we're not saved just to, so we can attend church and so that we can make it to heaven. We're not saved just so that we can just do what we want to do and say, glory to God, I'm on my way to heaven, and that's all that matters, that God saved me now. But we need to spread the joy and the peace to others. The mission looks different for each one of us, though, because God made us all different. We're not all made the same, and God uses us in different ways. Some he uses in children's ministry, and some he uses in nursery, elderly, jail. The list goes on of how God can use and the ministries that are involved. There are so many ways God uses people in order to reach the loss of this world. When God called me into the ministry, I tried to offer him every excuse that I knew. I told him, God, I'm originally, we're Oklahoma missionaries, but I am originally grew up in Arkansas. I said, God, you got the wrong boy. I'm just one that I cannot even speak English properly, much less learn another language. But as my wife said, our, our middle daughter is gifted in the language. I was like, God, why didn't you gift me with that? I can understand it. I can read it. But getting it out does not quite work with me. And, you know, it's not about who you are and what your abilities are. It's just about being willing to be on mission for him and doing what he has called you to do. We go to the next slide, and it gives a quote from the book. It says, no Christ follower is exempt from using the gifts God has given for building his kingdom. Not a, not a Christian is exempt from using the gifts that God has given to you. What are some gifts God has given you? Don't tell me you don't have any because I believe that God has put a natural gift into every person that has been born, ever will be born. There's something because God has a purpose for every person He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so he has a purpose for every person. And I believe he has instilled into them a gift that comes natural to them for his glory. Is it hospitality? Is it being listening here? It, I mean, it's not, the gift cannot, don't necessarily have to be being a pastor and being up in front of someone. It could be a prayer warrior being a listening ear, being someone that people can trust in to 
to say, would you pray with me? And this is what I need prayer about. And know that the only place it's going to go is between you and heaven. That's the only where. It could be teaching Sunday, or Sunday school classes, children's classes, public speaking. I mean, once again, the list can go on. As a Christian, we have no reason why we cannot use our gifts for God. He has given you those gifts for you to use for his glory and to reach those who don't know Christ. God has trained me in construction before we became missionaries 13 years ago. God started training me in construction. And being, once we were approved for foreign missions, since we've been approved and since we've been on missions, I've done things that I never dreamed and that, that I have not been trained in. And while we have been in Chile, the Children's Ministry Center, I've done things I've never had experience in. Leading teams, laying brick. And the list goes on in that area as well. This is why I say sometimes God gives us on-the-job training. As a Christian, he gives us all the job training. Yeah, he may give you some natural gifts, but he wants to stretch you. He wants to do, he wants to give you more talents and more things. If God is giving you on-the-job training, be open to it. And don't think that, oh, well, they don't come natural to me, so I'm not able to do it. I'm going to stay in my little box because that's where I'm comfortable at. But allow God to stretch you. And the amazing thing is when you look back, you'll see how God has helped you accomplish those things that you never thought you would be able to do. Why does God do this? I believe first and foremost, because if it's through our natural giftings and our natural abilities, who receives the glory most of the time? We accept it. Oh, well, brother, you did a really good job on that concrete Oh, thank you. That just comes natural to me. I, thank you. Well, you did, but then they end up telling you something else, and you're like, that's not because of me. God help me. You point the ability. You point it to God. God receives the glory. And that's why it should be even whenever we receive compliments on our natural giftings. God gifted me with this. It's not because of me. It's because of him. Everything that we do for the kingdom of God and on mission for him should point back to him, not to us. However, being a Christian and fulfilling the mission of God, you must every day depend on him to lead you and to guide you. We must allow him to speak to our hearts and let him mold and shape our lives. The next slide brings a quote, says, It's holding our lives up as clay to be molded and shaped by God and his truth is real mark of maturity. We'll never reach a place that we're so mature in God that we cannot grow anymore in him. But we can reach a place to where we don't allow God to stretch us anymore. Are we going to be pliable clay pots in his hands? Are we going to just let him continually stretch us to different chapters and new challenges in our life that will affect the kingdom of God? We can choose to just say, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just saved so that I can make it to heaven. Or we can choose to say, God, keep me on the potter's wheel and let me stay pliable in your hands and stretch me. Because whenever you're taking off the wheel, you dry up. You become hard. You may still be saved, but you're not fulfilling. You're not 
going to the full potential that God wants you to be. Our lives with Christ are constantly being stretched for the kingdom of God. And if not, then what are we doing with our lives? What are you doing if you're not being stretched? While here on earth, we will never reach that place where we are perfect and there's no more growing in God. The next slide makes this, this is another quote from the book. It says, we can bring people into a building, but we cannot bring them into the family. Only the Holy Spirit does that. We have no power to save them. We can fill up the pews. We can fill up the parking lot. We can have all the events and gatherings, but that's not going to save them. What's going to the mission that God has placed on you? Love, listen, teach, train. And let them know that you love them with the love of Jesus. And it's only by the blood of Jesus they can be adopted into the family of God. However, it is our responsibility to obey the voice of God and share the gospel with the unbelievers. As foreign missionaries fulfilling the mission God has placed us on, me and my family, we need to do all we can in spreading the gospel. You heard on the video, Santiago, the capital, has 7 million people, population of 7 million, and 20% are underneath the age of 15. Do the math, that's around 1.5 million underneath or under the age of 15 in the capital alone. The population in the community where we're building this children's ministry center is in the southern part of Santiago, and the population is over a half a million children, meaning the God, our children are half a million. I'm sorry, the population is over half a million, and there's over 100,000 children needing to be reached for the kingdom of God. The school it will be for 450 elementary children, and so it's our responsibility to instill in them the word of God and the Holy Spirit to be one of them or to bring them into the repentance and into the family of God. Now, the Chile is a very liberal country. They're teaching the three and four-year-olds in the daycare, what we call daycare, that they can choose what gender they want to be. Same-sex marriage has been approved, and they, they're proud of it. I ride the metro, the public transportation to and from the job site takes me about an hour and a half to two hours one way i've seen things on the metro that i wish my eyes would never seen and how do we change it through the kids through the children and so we'll not only be teaching them the basic subjects and everything but during that we'll also be playing the word of god into their lives to train them that this is what the word of God says we as Christians we have a huge task in front of us God has a plan and a mission he's called each one of us to do the question is are you willing to be playing God's hands and be stretched in your spiritual walk with God if so he'll take you places you never dreamed of and he'll give you the gifts that you need to fulfill the mission he's placed you on now we go to the next slide. This shows a picture of the very southern end of Chile, Punta Arenas, Chile. 
the city at the end of the world. You'll see signs. You go, I've never been there, but you go down. You can travel all the way down there. Once you get towards the end of Chile, you will start seeing signs this way to the end of the world. I know that several of you, probably some scriptures just popped right into your mind about reaching the end of the world. But what we need most is prayer. You look on the back of our prayer card, we put this verse, Acts 13, 47. It says, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Earlier I made the statement from a book, says no Christ follower is exempt. But here the word of God pretty well says you're not exempt from sharing the gospel. Because why? This is what the Lord has commanded us. What has he commanded us? To be a light to this lost and dying world. How far? Just to your community? Just to your workplace? Just to your town? Just to your state? Just to the United States? No. To the ends of the earth. He said, well, brother, I'll never be able to go there. You're wrong. You go there by prayer. You can be there. You are making a difference. You are fulfilling the commandment by praying for missionaries. Not just us, but everyone that's all over the world. You are reaching the entire world by your prayer. If you hear nothing else, prayer is the key for missionaries to be on the field. You said, well, you said you needed the support and you need the finances. Yes, but you know the finances only cover a certain part. Finances don't cover homesickness, loneliness, the enemy, spiritual warfare. Finances, I can have a million dollars in the account. That's not going to help it. Prayer battles spiritual warfare. Prayer battles everything else. And if we don't have the funds, prayer brings in the funds. Prayer is the key. And so I encourage you to pick up a prayer card. Pray for us. You can make a difference. And we, if you are able to come to Chile, we would love to have you to be there. But... First of all, pray for us, and thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. And don't forget, let God stretch you. If God has laid something on your heart, said, and you're saying, no, I cannot do that, God says, I'm going to train you. I want to give you some on-the-job training. Be open. He will help you. You just got to stay, take the step of faith forward. So thank you, Pastor Josh. It's been great being with you. Thank you, Stephen, very much. And God is a, um, he's just masterful. It's just a wonderful way of making sure that we're all focused on kingdom principles and kingdom priorities. 
Because we can't just sit in here and act like Tuesday's not coming, right? What's the mission of the church today? Tomorrow? Tuesday? Wednesday? Thursday? From now until Jesus returns, it doesn't change. Our mission, regardless who's in a seat of power or what political party is in a seat of power in our country, our mission as a church doesn't change. We make Jesus known. Now, it may get more difficult when one season to the next, depending on who's in political power and who's not, but we know who has the real power. We know that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, which politicians are great at, but it is a matter of power. And God's power far surpasses that of any person. And so God teaches us and reminds us, even through some of the wonderful wisdom that was shared here today, that this is what we're about as a church. Before anybody's a Democrat, a libertarian, a Republican, or a part of the birthday party, whatever that is. We're citizens of God's kingdom. And that guides us. That guides our decisions. It guides where we put our resources. It guides where we put our time. So if you're expecting any kind of endorsement from me today, I endorse Jesus. I endorse him. My heart as a pastor is to make sure that all of our eyes get put on him because that's what matters for eternity. That's what matters for all of eternity. So I want to encourage you, pray, vote, pray, and don't forget that as a citizen of God's kingdom, our first mission first and foremost, is to please the Lord, to preach the gospel, and to make him known. Amen? Amen. So, I thank you for sharing the wisdom that you shared this morning. I thank you all for being here to hear that, because it's important for us. Our mission doesn't change. We can get into all kinds of speculation. Will it be easier or not easier, depending on who gets elected, their policies, this policy, that policy. If you'd like to personally talk about that with me, I will make myself available after I have my baby and when I have prayed through and have the patience to do it, okay? But I would encourage you, you better pray too, all right? Because these things have become so divisive in our country, it's become toxic. I believe Jesus brings people together, and we've seen a lot of the opposite taking place in our own country. So be praying, be seeking the Lord. And something that you can look to here this week, if you find that you're getting yourself discouraged or find that you're getting um, caught up in your own mind, just read Lamentations 3. In fact, I'll just read this before we pray. My soul continually remembers it and it is bowed within me. So Jeremiah, he goes through the fact that Jerusalem had been just totally ransacked and tore up. 
And he says this, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Think about the love of the Lord. That's the first thing. His mercies never come to an end. Think about his mercy. They are new every morning, and this is the main thing right here. Great is your faithfulness. Think about his love, think about his mercy, and think about his faithfulness, whether your candidate gets elected or not, okay? Jesus is on the throne, amen? And we have a mission as the church to make sure the gospel goes forward all over the world. So I'm Jesus first, Jesus before a denomination, Jesus before anything else. He sits on the throne of my heart.